Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Happy Friday, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast, bringing you another episode out of Numbers chapter five. And you know what? The YouTube channel, I'm trying to get more and more videos up on there, which is mostly the podcast videos as of right now, but I'm trying to build it up. So I'm going to drop a link to the YouTube channel in the bio of this podcast episode so you can just navigate over and hit that little subscribe button over at the YouTube channel because I have big plans for it in the future. So that's something I uh, would love for everybody to go and subscribe to if you haven't yet is just the p40 ministries youtube channel but let's go ahead and talk about numbers chapter 5 verses 1 through 10 today and i'll be reading out of the web as i always do feel free to grab your bible and your cup of coffee and read along with me Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, everyone who has a discharge and whoever is unclean by a corpse. You shall put both male and female outside of the camp so that they don't defile their camp in the midst of which I dwell. The children of Israel did so and put them outside of the camp as Yahweh spoke to Moses. So the children of Israel did. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel when a man or a woman commits any sin that men commit so as to trespass against Yahweh and that soul is guilty. Then he shall confess his sin, which he has done, and he shall make restitution for the guilt in full, add to it the fifth part of it and give it to him in respect of whom he has been guilty. But if the man has no kinsman to whom restitution may be made for the guilt, the restitution for guilt, which is made to Yahweh, shall be the priests, in addition to the ram of the atonement, which by atonement shall be made for him. Every heave offering of the holy things of the children of Israel, which they present to the priest, shall be his. Every man's holy things shall be his. Whatever any man gives the priest, it shall be his. So this portion is kind of broken up into two different sections. The first section is talking about diseases, and the second portion is talking about diseases of the heart. In other words, sin. But the first part, let's talk about these physical diseases that are happening here in the camp. So God had already told the people back in Leviticus, we already discussed this, that the people needed to basically put out of the camp anybody that was a leper or had a discharge of some sort or touched a dead body or had any kind of disease whatsoever. They were supposed to go outside of the camp and live there, not in the middle of the camp, but outside of the camp, as in quarantine. Basically, God was setting up a hospital is really what this boils down to. I think a lot of times this gets misconstrued as to like, oh, God doesn't like people that are sick. And so he's just, you know, making them outcasts, making them outside of the camp. But in actuality, this is really not that different from what you and I have nowadays. (laughs) If we are sick, we get quarantined. We go to the hospital. We don't live with our families Or if we do, we stay separated from our families when we are sick. That's just typical. That's what people do, especially nowadays with modern medicine, understanding that we need to be separated from people who are sick and vice versa. The the sick needs to be separated from everybody because diseases spread among family members. Then those family members go out and then they spread that disease 
elsewhere to another person. So God was trying to limit this as much as possible within the community. And by doing this, he says, now you have to put this into action. I said that you had to do it back in Leviticus. You haven't done it yet. So do it now. And so God says, command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp any leper, everyone who has a discharge and whoever is unclean by a corpse. So it's interesting that God kind of threw in the unclean by a corpse in this. And guess who that included? Any priest who had a family member that died. The high priest, however, pretty much was never allowed to go near a corpse for any reason, even if it was his own family members. But the priest, for example, Eliezer, which was Aaron's son, if one of his family members died, he could go to the funeral, but he would have to go out of the camp to the hot to the quote unquote hospital, I suppose, and heal up there for the set amount of time until he could become the priest again. This was also a way to keep diseases at bay. We know now that death and corpses and dead animals and all sorts of stuff like that cause diseases. Back in these days, they didn't know that. And you have to remember that God gave the law to the people where they were at. He gave them the law to what they could understand. They were not a super advanced civilization. They didn't understand health codes and and other issues like that. They didn't get it. So God was giving them a very simplistic, basic understanding of health when he gave them the law and told them to do this. Unfortunately, as the years went on, (laughs) the people of scripture continued to revere lepers and other people as complete and total outcasts. And they would treat them just absolutely horribly as if God had uh, had struck them with some sort of leprous disease because they were sinners. And I know that there are times in scripture when God does, in fact, do that for sure. I mean, there there is times in scripture where God does strike somebody with a disease for doing something wrong. For example, Miriam will learn about her who happened to be Moses's sister, she got struck with leprosy because she had made fun of Moses or or was indignant against Moses. But we'll talk about that later. But that's not always the case. And even Jesus makes that pretty clear that a lot of times disease just happens because of the fallen nature of man. So there's a difference between a physical disease and a disease that you get due to spiritual reasons. For example, uh, disobeying God's commandments may cause somebody to get a disease. Or if you are influenced by evil spirits, we see in the New Testament that they also have a hand in giving people certain diseases sometimes. So those diseases are more on the spiritual side of stuff, that it's just a direct response to something spiritual happening inside of you. But not every disease is spiritual in nature. And this is made very clear in the New Testament, once again, where Jesus says to his disciples, oh, that blind man over there is not blind because of any sin he committed. And I'm going to show my power, God's power through this blind man. So it's clear there are two different kinds of sicknesses, either the ones that are spiritual in nature where you really did commit a sin or you have a a spirit influencing your sickness 
or the physical kind of sickness, which is just because of the sin of the world, not necessarily a sin that you committed, but just in general, sin nature causes sickness because we have to be very, very honest with ourselves. Sickness is a direct representation of the fallen nature of man back in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve took that fruit and ate it and directly disobeyed God and understood evil at that point, that is when sickness, death, suffering, all that negative stuff started coming into the world. So even though a person may never have committed a sin, become sick, it may not be that person's sin, but it's just because of the fallen nature of man. So in a weird way, sickness is kind of on us. We sort of created it. We sort of designed it. And God in his mercy helps us through sickness and death and everything else. Many times he does. But because sickness is a physical representation of the sin nature, God asks his people, commands his people to put the sickness out of the camp. Because literally, it's removing that sin nature in a way out of the camp. But my initial point with all of this is the fact that I think we need to be very careful when somebody is sick, truly sick, and saying that, oh, they are sick because they did something wrong. They sinned in some way. So they're sick because of that. No, I I don't think that's always the case. And I think it's actually damaging to tell somebody that. Unfortunately, I'm still on Facebook more often than I should be. (laughs) And a couple of months ago, somebody I know who has a bigger platform was saying that she was sick. And so, of course, there were many people in the comment section that were saying, I'm going to pray for you. This is awful. I'm so sorry to hear this. But then there were a handful of people that would post something like, Well, you need to make sure that you repent of whatever sin you committed. And it's just really interesting to me that um, we still kind of believe that to this day, that all sickness is a direct result of somebody sinning. Yes, it is a direct result of sin, but it may not be a sin that you committed. So we need to make sure, I think, that we are not telling people that they need to repent of their sins when they find out that they have cancer. I just, I don't think that that is a helpful thing to do, in my opinion. But you are not wrong in the fact that sickness is the result of sin. It just may not be the sin that that person committed. So I think that that's really important to recognize going forward of how we can love people the best, how we can love people who find out that they are sick the best. We just need to pray for them. And on top of that, us telling people that they need to repent of their sins on Facebook is not going to do anything (laughs) ever, ever. But we can pray for them. And if we suspect that they may be committing some sort of sin, we can pray for them that God reveals that to them in some way, because God is ultimately the one who teaches people, counsels people, and helps them through things and helps them repent. But anyway, the children of Israel did exactly what God said, and they put the people who are sick out of the camp. This included anybody who touched a dead body. Like I said, the priests could be included in that. This would be anybody who had a discharge of some kind. 
that was infectious. Uh, This would be anybody that had a leprous disease. And when we looked at the word leprosy back in Leviticus, we found out that this could mean anything. Like leprosy was kind of an all around term that just sort of meant a sickness of some kind. But it also included, of course, the typical leprosy that we think of nowadays. But anybody who was sick was supposed to be outside of the camp to heal. And then they would go to the priest once they believed that they were healed. The priest would examine them and then they could go back to their typical way of life and go home. So this entire thing was done not only to protect the individuals within the camp and not spread around a whole bunch of infectious diseases or sicknesses, but it was also a way to show purity. So after this, in verses 5 through 10, it talks about if a man or a woman sin against somebody. It's interesting because it actually says they trespass against Yahweh as well. So even if you are sinning against somebody, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be your neighbor, your friend, your husband, your wife, anybody. You are actually sinning against God is what Yahweh says, because you are supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. So doing something to hurt a neighbor is a sin. And God says that any sin that you commit, whether it's against a person or not, or even if it's just in your heart, it is a sin against God. So he says, no matter what, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, they shall confess their sin, which they have done, and make restitution for the guilt in full and add to it the fifth part of it and give it to him in respect of whom he has been guilty. So let's just say that somebody commits a sin against somebody and uh, does something to injure their property. Let's just say they vandalize their their building. <laughs> I remember when my dad, uh, he had his own building for a while. He, um, he did a uh, finances for people, but it was right in the middle of like our little town square and our little town square was not a very nice town square. Like it was just, it was not very nice. And so he got his building graffitied all over this one time. I remember that. And so my dad, oh my gosh, my dad was so angry, but (laughs) he didn't know how to clean it. So he just like covered it with a whole bunch of signs. But anyway, that was a sin, right? Somebody went and destroyed my dad's property. So let's just say the same thing happened back in these days. Some teenager decides to graffiti or I don't know, not graffiti, but they didn't have paint back in those days. But but some teenager decided to go and destroy somebody's property. It doesn't matter if it was a male or a female that did this. There was no difference in God's eyes. They were supposed to confess what they had done to the person that they did it to and then pay that person what they owed. So if they destroyed a building, They were supposed to pay to have that building, uh, you know, cleaned. And then they also have to add a fifth of the payment to that person as well. So whatever it cost plus a fifth to that person. So God says that that was how a person was going to no longer be guilty of that offense. They would have to confess their sin to the person and to God do the sacrifice at the temple for their sin and then pay the money back to that person plus the fifth. But God says, if there was no person to pay that money to, God says that then at that point, the money would go to the priest 
So the priest would get everything. It says, every man's holy things shall be his, meaning the priest. Whatever any man gives the priest, it shall be his. So God then gives that money over to the priest and the priest could do what he wanted with it at that point. But that was only if there was no person or family member or anybody to pay that money to. It would all go to the priest because it didn't matter. It was still a sin. It was still wrong and it was still a sin committed against God. So you weren't off the hook if there was no person there to pay that money to because God still saw that sin. God was the one who you sinned against really in that case. So the money would go to the priest, the person who interpreted God's plans and God's words. Well, guys, join me on Monday because we are going to finish up Numbers chapter 5 and talk about this really weird jealousy law in verses 11 through 31. And I'm really excited to talk about this, especially because I'm a woman and this is mainly focusing in on a woman. It's just going to be a really interesting topic to talk about on Monday. So join me then 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up for an episode out of Numbers. But you know what, guys? I hope you have just a fantastic weekend and that the weather stays really, really nice for all of you. Happy listening and God bless.